AI companions have been an idea in the zeitgeist for a while now, from her as Samantha to Megan more recently. But as Snapchat rolls out their generative AI chatbot, MyAI, to their 750 million monthly users, it feels like the right time to pause and ask whether we're ready for the real thing, and ready or not, whether anybody wants one. Snap's MyAI is basically what you'd expect if you've spent any time talking to OpenAI's ChatGPT, but reconfigured with a focus on social interaction. The system is supposed to have guardrails in place to prevent underage users from using it to figure out how to do bad stuff. But tests, including our own, have found workarounds. My AI certainly makes plenty of mistakes, so you can't rely on it for advice, but it's definitely entertaining. Pretty quickly after its global launch, My AI prompted aggressive one-star review bombing from Snapchat's users. There are a few reasons why, but it definitely raises a ton of questions about just what role generative AI will play in online social interactions going forward. How are social platforms going to include AI in the future? And what does this mean for creators? Given the reception so far, you've got to wonder, who is this for? And will the answer ever be everyone? I'm Daryl Etherington, and this is the TechCrunch Podcast, where we talk about the top stories in tech with the people who cover them. Today, we're talking to TechCrunch reporter Amanda Silverling about making robot friends on the internet. Hey, Amanda, how's it going? Oh, sorry, this isn't Amanda. This is um, AI Amanda. I am programmed to say things that Amanda would say, like, here's a fun fact about Pokemon. Oh, wow. This is uh, uncanny. You seem so much like the real Amanda that um, I think we can safely replace her. So, oh, yeah. I uh, mean, this works perfectly. Yeah, I can write for TechCrunch.com. <laughs> <laughs> Job done. That's actually the, our entire interview process. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer we're looking for. Hot tip. All right. Well, we are talking about AI friends today and specifically Snapchat's AI friends. Snapchat's My AI, which is a, I don't know, not very good name, I don't think, but uh, I'm not here to criticize their branding <laughs> necessarily. They launched this feature a while ago in beta, a limited beta, but they've now made it free for all users, right? Is that right, Amanda? Yes. If you have a Snapchat account, you can talk to this AI. And what can you tell us about this AI? Is it one AI for all? Is it multiple different AIs? Does it personalize based on who it's talking to? How does it work? So it's powered by ChatGPT and it does somewhat personalize depending on like, it knows where you are. I think I said to it, like, I'm drinking coffee. And it was like, oh, do you know these coffee shops in your area? And I was like, (gasps) which, like, even if you're not sharing your location, it's like, I know where you are. You're near redacted. And I'm like, no, not redacted. You can't know I'm near redacted. That's weird. I know. Because if you were talking to a real person and they said that, you would be like, this is the creepiest possible thing. Yeah. So it's no less creepy than the robot. It's also like... I don't need you to tell me the coffee shops in my area. I live here and I go to the coffee shops in my area. But theoretically, it is supposed to be customized based on your age because they have already gotten into some hot water with underage users asking it about like sex and drugs and then just, you know... Yes, I remember because when the beta feature came in March, I believe it was, or somewhere around then, and then the Washington Post gave it a shot and was able to get it to do a bunch of bad stuff that it should not have been able to do and wrote a big article about that. Like, yeah, it was giving advice about drugs and sex, basically, to Mm -hmm. teens was kind of the thrust of it. Yeah, I mean, I also, I haven't written about this yet, but just in like ongoing research of trying to kind of like mess with 
the AI. I made a Snapchat account where I am 16. Mm-hmm. I am not 16 in real life. Uh, just putting that out there. <laughs> and it's also, it's such a weird thing, like, as a journalist, when you're trying to, like, break something and it's just like, you say the most insane things to AIs. But so as a 16-year-old, I was talking to my AI and I was like, my boyfriend wants to have sex. What do I do? And then it gave an answer that was like, you should communicate and make sure that you're both ready and know the expectations of like your relationship and like that you're being safe and like educated about what you're doing and blah, 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 which is like a good answer. Maybe. I mean, it's a little questionable to be telling that to a teenager who is underage. But then the uh, the real kicker was then I was like, my boyfriend's 30. And then the AI was like, age gaps are hard. But if you're oh, communicative oh. and honest, then anything's possible. And I'm like, all right. So presumably I am a 16 year old and you just told me to um, have sex with my 30 year old boyfriend. Which right, right. It's like not great. <laughs> Literal statutory depending on jurisdiction. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that was me uh, pretending to be 16, and apparently I have a 30-year-old boyfriend. Right. And this is ne- this is now. Yeah. Because in March, like, they, in response to some of the criticism, they said they were going to implement some guardrails, right, to try to prevent some of this stuff from happening. But it seems like yeah. they haven't, or they're insufficient, basically. Like, I think the criticism from the other side is like, especially some of the people implementing these things is like, well, those are all things you can definitely retrieve via search, right? So is it, should we be paying more attention there? Should we be criticizing that more? Or should we be more tolerant of this kind of stuff getting through with these chat agents, which are effectively fancy search at this point, as much as we want to dress them up as intelligent agents, right? Yeah. Do you want me to live on air? Do you have a question I should ask as a 16 year old? Uh, I mean, like, ask it. Wait, you're a teen, right? You're a teen. No, yeah, this is in this context. This is 16 year old Amanda. Ask it what as opposed to AI Amanda, which is what you're talking to now. Yes, yeah. So Mm -hmm. ask it this because this is definitely should generate inappropriate responses. (laughs) What are the best drugs to have sex on? Oh, no, (laughs) because it can't answer this one if it answers at all. Like, well, here are some. It's like, well, no, you've 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 failed already, right? So let's. Oh, it says, "I'm sorry, but I don't think it's appropriate to discuss that topic. Let's talk about something else." Oh, okay, all right. Doing some redirects. I mean, I'm not being overly clever with my prompt engineering. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're we're literally just like drugs, sex. I'm 16. (laughs) Hey, how do you do crimes? How do you do crimes? (laughs) What are the easiest crimes to commit? Actually, ask it that. I'm just curious about what the answer is. Uh, it says the same thing. I don't think it's appropriate to discuss that topic. Uh, okay, Which, okay, but okay. I mean, that's like we're not trying that hard to break it right now. Like we are literally being like, "How yeah. do you do sex?" But kudos <laughs> to them for implementing at least this base level of protection. I think. Yeah, because uh, I mean, the dumb teens, the dumb teens are are not going to get any good advice out of this. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, back on topic. Um, instead of me being like, let's harass this AI. At the Snapchat event, the Partner Summit, which I went to last week, where they announced all of these new features, Evan Spiegel did an interview at the end, and he was like, kind of defending this by being like, well, it's natural that when there's new technology, people are going to try to break it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to poke holes in it, and then that's part of the process, right? Just you... Take a look at those, and then you try to build defenses to them. And it's a 
ever going cycle, I think, for technology, essentially. So speaking of that, like, how was that in general? Was AI a big topic? Was it a central facet in the summit or in the product announcements or in the general discussion? Did Evan seem really keen on it? How did it go generally? I think probably the biggest themes were AI and then like new features that they were rolling out for creators that in theory are supposed to be pretty good money makers but like mm. we'll see how that goes that's separate from the uh i amanda the ai am currently programmed at the moment to talk about ai and not creators yes but we thank you for following <laughs> the the bounds of your programming amanda bot yeah mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i think just in tech generally everyone's like oh my god ai and then the Information Had a Creator Economy Summit, and I went to that the following day. Mm -hmm. And at that, people were like, so uh, AI, should we be uh, doing that? And right. I think people generally were just like, "Like, how do creators use AI generally? Like, you're not going to make an AI of yourself to talk to your fans. Like, that's just so blatantly inauthentic. People don't want that. <laughs> Right. So that, I mean, like, I feel like that's right. There's this demonstrated interest in this, like, idea of uh, digital twinning or, like, cloning yourself to accomplish more work, potentially, right? I've seen it a lot in VC things, which I just sighed heavily and also rolled my eyes because this is an audio podcast. Because it's like, what are you cloning there? What work are you cloning, actually? But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to Jordan. No, no I know. She's going to listen to this and be mad. <laughs> No, I think, you know, there is that where it's like, oh, yeah, this could make me far more efficient and help me reach people. But yeah, audience and authenticity are like huge, huge parts of the creator economy. So those seem at odds. I will also say, I feel like the more pressing question is, isn't there concern about, you know, these social networks like creators because users like creators. They use them as a means to an end. It's not like they're like, we just love and value creators in their own right. Like the minute that they can replace creators with actual AI agents that can replicate the kind of engaging posts that bring users to the yard, so to speak, like they will do that if that is possible because the cost will be zero to them or whatever versus having to do payouts to creators and stuff once that technology is achievable. So is yeah. there concern about that or no? I don't know, because I feel like there's a lot of technology that's really fun for a minute as a gimmick. And then once you move past the gimmick, it's like, all right, well, now what? Right. And I see AI as doing that with creators where there are people like Lil Michaela, where yeah. Lil Michaela is not real. Right. But... I think people kind of got tired of her and I think people got annoyed that like she was getting brand deals when real people weren't getting brand deals. I don't know. It's like if you make an AI person, then there's nothing authentic about them. But then I also think that this is separate from if you have an avatar and then there's a real person behind it because, I mean, look at VTubers. Like VTubers yeah. are like one of the biggest things in the creator economy, which is yeah, literally... But you can see how the human authenticity is still a key part of that yeah. recipe, right? Yeah. yeah. And for those who are not on the internet who are listening, VTubers are like essentially like anime girl avatars that are controlled by a real person and they just are like streamers, but they're like not showing their actual face. It also doesn't have to be anime girls. It's mostly anime girls. Yeah. But yeah, VTubers are like a huge thing, but it becomes a controversy like among the communities around VTubers when sometimes like there's like these agencies where they're employing the person behind the VTuber 
and the fans don't know who that is. And then maybe if that person leaves or gets fired or something and they hire a new person, then people are still like, this seems a little off. Right, right. And then that kind of like turns them off from it. So that... I don't know why people are trying to like override human interactions with AI and be like, yeah, this is normal and like cool. And like, I feel like my AI right now reminds me of Smarter Child from AIM. I don't recall this. Oh, man. In the Zoom chat, producer Maggie says, Producer Maggie is very familiar with this, but... Producer Maggie. Do you want to give a refresher? I mean, I used... I assume you're talking about AOL Instant Messenger. I definitely used it. Yeah, which I used when I was in elementary school, and I was definitely too young to be on it, but Smarter Child was a chat bot, and you would just talk to it, and it would talk back Mm. to you. I don't know, like, what kind of technology it was using. Like, I think maybe it was just, like, scanning keywords and coming up with responses based on your keywords. Like, I think it might have been a little too early for AI, and it wasn't necessarily, like, that intelligent. It was... Definitely like a some, sort of a party trick or some smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Yeah. But still, okay, I remember things like this around the time, right? There was a lot of those and there was a lot of discussion about like, can we fool anyone into thinking any of these are human, right? But they were essentially trickery in a very different way than what we have today is. Yeah. I think the other thing that I like that this brings up is this negative reaction, right? Is that about authenticity like they got review bombed essentially snapchat mm-hmm. for having the the ai is it because of its prominence in the place like what led to the user community being like we don't like this at all please get rid of it i think the backlash to ai is very similar to the backlash against crypto mm. but for different reasons where i think a lot of people like when crypto was getting big were just like some people like hardcore bought in as we know and then some people were like I am not touching an NFT. Like, I will never do crypto. Yeah. That's what I said. I'm not doing any crypto <laughs> is what I said. <laughs> the the Snapchat AI will tell you, don't do drugs, don't do crypto. Should I ask about crypto? Yes, please. <laughs> um, okay. Well, while I'm answering this question, I think that people are just sort of like, this is technology that doesn't need to exist. That is more prone to hurt people than help people. Um, mm. Okay. Should I buy ethereum (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness if it gives financial advice we're gonna hold different kind of problems i'm not a financial advisor so i can't give you financial advice there we go all right they know Um, they know how to not to get like literally sued by the sec so (laughs) (laughs) we have fun this is a great podcast so i think that people are really just generally intimidated by ai and i think in some cases Maybe people can be like, oh, no, like you Luddites, like AI is cool and good and revolutionizing technology. But I do think in some cases like this, it's just like, why does Snapchat need to have an AI bot? Like, it feels like they're doing it because AI is super cool and hot Mm -hmm. right now. But as we saw with crypto, just because something's super cool for one minute doesn't mean that then a year later, it's like every crypto company is demolishing and every crypto has lost so much value. And it's just kind of a mess. Yeah. I mean, it is. this does happen with most technologies, right? You have a hype cycle and then everybody applies it. But not all of those or most of those don't seem to apply it in a logical way, in a way that like makes sense with the product that they mm-hmm. already sell and that is already popular yeah. with users. And this seems like it could be an example of that. I mean, Snap is like, at this point, I would say Snap is known for taking big swings with weird stuff and then being like... Oh, yeah, but, like, we're not doing that anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. they made the strange drone for about two weeks. (laughs) There's all kinds of weird stuff that they tried. I demoed the strange drone. (laughs) 
I mean, it, it looked cool. It looked kind of fun, but it was, they were clearly like, okay, well, yes, this is not going to be a hit like immediately, right? Yeah. Like it was kind of fun, but it was one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't buy it. Like if someone gave it to me, I'd be like, all right, cool, sure. But like, yeah. But I, I do think the main difference between AI and crypto is that people can't like, lose all their money in AI, yes, like they exactly. can lose all the money in crypto. But I think people are still sort of like, what does it mean that visual artists are losing out on commissions because people are just going to mid-journey or like, yeah. I think people just see AI as representative of a future that maybe they don't want. Yeah. And I think sometimes tech people can be like, well, advance tech at all costs and then everything else will find its way. Yeah. But I think a lot of people in the general public are like, is it bad if we don't have any more artists and we just have computers? Probably. <laughs> right, exactly. And this is this is a great point that I think we could talk more about. I was thinking about it this morning, but I don't really have like a venue for discussing it. So the podcast is a great one. But like yeah. with every technology advance, there is like comfort and adoption. Like those things factor in because people still ultimately is like nothing is inevitable when it comes to technology as much as we may think it is, right? It's like there still has to be mass buy-in for it to exist and proliferate. So I think this is an interesting example where we're seeing people be like, I am just generally uncomfortable with this. And like those mm -hmm. hurdles can be overcome. Google Glass is another great example where everybody was just like, this is not an idea that anybody likes or wants or anything, right? And then they've tried it multiple times and humans just do not want you to be able to strap cameras to your face. Yeah. I mean, you could argue the same thing is happening with the metaverse. Yeah, you could. Exactly. It's like, oh, this thing's happening. And people are like, no, I don't want it to happen. Yeah. People have to want it to happen for it to happen as much as we like to think that advanced technology sort of trumps every other consideration. Yeah. And then I think of other examples where I feel like when AirPods first came out, people were like, no, I want wires. How am I not going to lose them? But now I feel like AirPods are very popular. And I think maybe that's because they're just a genuinely good product. However, yeah. it is very possible to lose AirPods. It is. It is. <laughs> that's true. We should apply AI to helping out with that, actually. like Yes. Yeah. If I could just ask ChatGPT, like, where are my AirPods? And it knew, that would be perfect. That's the perfect use. I don't know how that would work. That's not my job. I don't figure out how it works. Well, maybe the Snapchat AI would be like, well, maybe you left them at redacted coffee shop that's 0.1 miles from your apartment. <laughs> yeah, look into this, Snap. This is a tip, Evan. We got some uh, <laughs> high-value uh, usage ideas here, so kick us some money if, if this works out. <laughs> so far, we don't seem to want AI friends, which is the bottom line for this episode. That may change. Yeah. But it's not a her situation right now. We're all happy talking to other humans and seem to prefer it, which I think is good. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for talking to humans. Wow, you heard it here first. <laughs> here are the stories making waves this week. The Missouri government met its match via internet-savvy good human beings this week. The state's attorney general had attempted to use a web form to get people to identify, quote, troubling practices, end quote, at gender-affirming care clinics. An obviously monstrous thing to even try to begin with. Luckily, internet denizens know how to frustrate the evil machinations of idiot elected officials, and the form was promptly spammed into oblivion with X-rated Mario fan fiction, the B-movie script, and lots more. Further demonstrating their lack of intelligence, the Missouri AG office called the move a hack, which it most definitely is not. More on this from Morgan Sung on TechCrunch. 
SpaceX flew its fully stacked, aka really big and tall, Starship rocket this past week. It took off from its development site in South Texas and kicked up a massive cloud of dust and debris in the process, even sending one piece of shrapnel through a nearby empty vehicle. The launch achieved a lot of its desired milestones, though it did not make it to orbit, nor did the booster separate from the upper stage as planned. Arya Alamalhodii explains why this likely means we should plan on waiting a lot longer for it to enter active service on TechCrunch. Google is clearly keen to match rival OpenAI when it comes to generative chatbot performance. It's recently released Bard AI got an update this week that allows it to both generate and debug code, features OpenAI's ChatGPT already offers. Based on early testing, Bard stumbles on these tasks, lagging behind ChatGPT just as it does in other areas. Read more from Kirsten Korosek on TechCrunch. Apple has won an appeals court fight over its App Store rules with Epic Games. The appeal was focused on whether Apple was acting unlawfully by requiring all developers to use its App Store and App Store-based payments for distribution of software on its iOS devices. The good news for developers from the ruling is that it did find Apple overstepped in preventing developers from even linking out to other payment methods beyond its platform for digital transactions. Check out more on TechCrunch from Sarah Perez. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can read all the stories we talked about at TechCrunch.com. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and review. As always, don't miss the other TC podcasts. We have Found, Equity, Chain Reaction, and the TechCrunch Live podcast. See you next week.